Welcome to the Let's Talk Anime and Manga podcast, a place for discussing all things anime and manga. This is episode 2 of the Why I Love series. There come dozens of new anime and manga every year that attempt to integrate the harem story element into their plot. Whether it's a romantic battle over a man, or an action protagonist whose battle screeching gets the girls all gooey, there's no shortage of shows trying to capture the attention of the harem watching demographic. It's been a staple of the industry for so many years that the typical story elements and tropes are extremely well used and completely predictable. The clueless, wimpy lead, the tsundere who refuses to admit her feelings, the childhood friend who never wins, the first girl introduced that always gets the guy in the end. These tried and true cliches of a harem are staples in just about every story in the genre. They are formulaic, they are repetitive, but they work well to please their target audience, so in the eyes of studio producers, why try anything new? I think that this is all about to change. I believe that we are living through a revolutionary time. Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to enter a new era with me, where the old will be replaced by the far superior new. Yes, as Eromanga Sensei reinvented the incest wheel by slightly tweaking things and then proceeding to get copied by 10 shows every season, I believe that we are about to witness the same phenomena with a series that will shake the harem genre to its core and then get copied by every harem for the next 5 years trying to replicate its success. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you episode 2 of my Why I Love series where I dissect both the shallow and deep reasons for why I love certain anime and manga. The series I'm about to discuss is Quintessential Quintuplets, also known in Japanese as Gotobun no Hanayome, and it is THE game-changer for the harem genre. So, how does this series break the tried-and-true tropes of the harem genre? Well, the tsundere is the most forward with her feelings, the first girl introduced isn't even in the running in the battle over the man, the lead MC isn't clueless, he just doesn't care until about chapter 100, and most importantly, spoilers in 3, 2, 1. Best girl wins! That's right, in a redefining moment of the harem genre, the childhood friend and best girl actually wins. But wait, why am I so excited about the resolution of some random high school based harem? I haven't even been a fan of this genre for a solid 7 years. So just why exactly do I love this series so much? And why do I care so much about Yotsuba's success? When and how did I become so emotionally invested in a show that has a plot summary which could easily be waved away as just another trashy harem reboot? Was it just that it broke tropes and felt a little bit fresh, or was it a lot more? I needed answers to these questions. I needed to figure out why Gotobun was so enjoyable, and why I felt so emotionally connected to the outcome. 34 second plot summary. Boy gets good grades, boy meets dumb girl, girl has four sisters, boy tutors five girls, secretly some girl met boy long time ago, four out of five girls love boy. Girls are Sundere Nino, Shai Miku, Ara Ara Ichika, Genki girl Yotsuba, and Idolot Itsuki. Shai girl love first, Sundere love second, Ara Ara love third, Genki love always, and Itsuki love eat. Three girls very forward with feelings about boy except for Itsuki who love eat, and Yotsuba who hides love from all because she no wants selfish and hurt sisters. Girls force boy to make decision, boy confess to Yotsuba, Yotsuba confused but really does love boy, ship sails into the sunset. So now that I've caught you up with 114 chapters of manga while skipping zero details, 
it's time to dive a little bit deeper and discover what themes and reasons caused me to care so much about Yotsuba's victory and led me to absolutely adore this series. What does it mean to be honest with your own feelings? Expanding upon this, what does it mean to act upon your feelings when these actions would conflict with the way that you have deliberately chosen to think about and live your life? In order to answer this question, I'm going to deep dive into the character of Yotsuba and how these themes are represented through her series-long arc. But before I do that, I want to first talk a little bit about another one of the sisters, Nakano Nino. Tsundere, gang leader, artisan tier cook, protector figure among the quints, and most aggressive of the sisters in her desire for Futaro. When Nino was first introduced, she was revealed to be extremely protective of her sisters and the bond that they shared. Taking on a mothering role, she was determined not to allow anything to ever come between any of them. We're shown that she's not afraid to take drastic measures at any perceived threat to her sister's bonds, including drugging Futaro during their first encounter to remove him from their home. As Nino falls for Futaro, she's built up as a classic Sundare, harboring deep feelings but unable to act upon them due to pride, stubbornness, and embarrassment. This conflict arises because if she acted in accordance with her new desires, these new actions would be in complete opposition to her earlier treatment of Futaro, and in complete opposition to the idea that nothing could or should ever be in the way of or be of equal importance to her bonds with her family. Typically with tsundere such as these, we're lucky if we even get an end of season confession, or if the MC confronts them about their feelings and they give a shy nod before running away. But not Nino. Nino got one of my favourite confessions of all time. It made me join the gang for a bit, I'm not gonna lie. You know that trope where the girl will confess their feelings, but as they do, fireworks will go off or a truck will drive by, and the other person didn't hear them and they say, oh, what did you say? And the girl says, nothing, runs away embarrassed. Bloody infuriating. And in Nino's case, we were initially misled with this type of harm trope as well. As she was riding on the back of Futaro's scooter, she softly whispered her love for him. Once they stopped driving and she found out that he didn't hear her, she walks away, embarrassed and not wanting to repeat herself. But then she's back! Finger pointed right in his face and giving a complete front-on, leave-nothing-to-chance confession. This was the exact moment where I started to feel that the story of Five Tobun was unique. My first real moment of excitement as I read the manga. Nino recognized her desires, and she battles internally with the opposing ideas of pride, embarrassment, and how she didn't want anybody interfering in the relationship between her and her sisters, versus what she would need to do to fulfill her romantic desire. Nino realizes what she wants, and completely contrary to the Tsundere archetype, she overcomes the embarrassment, stubbornness, and pride through sheer willpower. Nino's arc felt special to me because I recognized in it something similar. No, I was never a Tsundere battling my feelings that I had for my high school tutor, but a battle against pride and previously held ideals in order to fulfill new desires or a new understanding of the world is something that we all deal with. As we grow up through childhood and adolescence into adult life, our ideas of the world and our ideals of life will grow and shift. An important ability to reach higher levels of maturity and happiness is the capability to move past previously held beliefs, to accept new ideals and to evolve in our desires, letting go of old dreams in order to realize new ones. And Nino's arc was the perfect representation of this. 
The story of Five Tobun explores many topics, but the one that I really want to focus on and take a deep dive at is the theme that the story briefly brushed on with Nino, but which is fully explored with another of the sisters. And that is the theme of moving past previously held ideals in order to accept and realize new desires. As I read Five Tobun, this theme just kept popping up time and time again, and I realized that all five of the sisters explored this topic to some degree. Like for example, Nino moving past her old ideals of sisterhood, bonds, and pride, or Miku moving past her shyness and isolationism. But none of the sisters really highlights and battles with this idea more than Nakano Yotsuba, the ever-happy, ever-selfless, fourth-born Quint. To examine the clash of Yotsuba's old ideals versus new desires, we must first look at the genesis point of these original ideals. It's no secret that the Nakano sisters are academically challenged. After all, their academic capabilities, or lack thereof, is the entire premise for their interactions with Futaro. And in this regard, none of the sisters can surpass Yotsuba. Her test scores were consistently the lowest among the five, falling so low that it caused her expulsion from the school that the Quints were attending prior to the main events of the story. Upon hearing of Yotsuba's expulsion, and that she would have to move to another and less prestigious school, her sisters didn't want her to be alone, and they all voluntarily withdrew and moved with Yotsuba to this lower tier academy. This series of events gave rise to a huge amount of guilt within Yotsuba. She felt as though her failure caused her sisters to have to attend a worse school and potentially damage their futures. Vowing to never cause trouble again, Yotsuba began to act in an ever more selfless manner. Whilst she was always willing to assist others, it got to the point that she would never reject those who desired her help. She would always seek to support those around her, even if it came at great cost to her time, desire, and physical health. Yotsuba ended up prioritizing these desires and situations of others around her more than herself and in complete disregard to what she actually wanted. And thus, we have the Yotsuba of the main story. A girl racked with guilt, who now lives with the ideal of absolute selflessness in order to never repeat the events of her past that cause detriment to those she loves. Another factor of Yotsuba's personality is her go-getem attitude, her high energy, and her spontaneous approach to decision-making. Knowing these things, can these aspects of personality live together within a person? With this combination of factors, how would we expect Yotsuba to respond if she harbors love for a man who is also the aspect of desire for three of her sisters? The combination of Yotsuba's act-first, think-later attitude in regards to her desire for Futaro versus her determination to suppress these desires feels so real to her character. Her desires build up like pressure in a tight container, building and building until they finally burst through a gap only to then be tightly resealed. To give some examples of this, take her initial confession to Futaro. It comes out of nowhere, and then she rapidly seals her desire back up and passes it off as a joke to avoid the situation. This is repeated again when she kisses Futaro, but then claims that she was just cleaning cream off of his face, again to avoid the reality of her actions. This happens multiple times throughout the story, where Yotsuba's feelings will burst forth through action only for her to figuratively and or literally run away from the situation. 
To me, this acting on impulse, followed by rapid backtracking to maintain the status quo, really resonated with me. It represents both wanting to continue acting in accordance with previous desires, as much as it is a fear of change, due to fearing how these changes will shape the future. For me and many others, fear of change is such a hard obstacle to even notice, let alone overcome. It hinders people from taking necessary risks in their life, and I think that this theme really, really resonates with many readers. For everybody throughout their life, their hopes and dreams will likely change, and to accompany these changes in desires, often we must undertake major changes. But people dislike change, people fear the unknown, and especially if people have made major mistakes in their past, they are particularly averse to taking further risks. There are many types of change, change of living situation, change of aspirations, and changes in our attitudes towards life. We all fear change for different reasons. Yotsuba feared changing her selfless attitude towards her sisters because of how her actions had hurt them in the past. She feared that if she altered her way of living from that of absolute selflessness so that she could pursue her romantic desires, that she would inflict damage once again upon her sisters. Where in her eyes she had once damaged their future by having them transfer to an inferior school for her, she now feared damaging their emotions and their sisterly bond by pursuing the same romantic target. So the way that this story examined the topics of old versus new desire and change in personal attribution was really great. I love the way that author Neji Haruba handled this topic through the lens of Yotsuba, and it is certainly a reason for why this was one of my favorite reads of 2019, and no doubt contributed to the popularity of this series. Now, I want to talk about a few more perhaps surface level topics that were also pretty big factors for me loving this story. The first is the relationship between Nino and Miku. These were the first two sisters that really started going at it and trying to get Futuro publicly. They were the most active in their approaches, and it could have been easy to pit them against one another in their battles. But this just doesn't happen, and instead we see the opposite. Where they, and especially Nino, would throw themselves at Fu to win his attention, they would also support each other as family. After all, Nino was even a direct part of the group effort during the school trip arc to support Miku into properly confessing her feelings. During this romantic battle, whilst their relationship occasionally strained, they always pulled back together as sisters, and seeing the dichotomy of their relationship as love rivals versus their relationship as sisters was just really cute and fun to watch. I also loved the overall characterization of each of the quints and how quickly they were built up to be unique. The quints were all rapidly introduced and it could have been super easy for some of them to just fall by the wayside, but Neji managed to write them really, really well. Whilst they initially somewhat relied on a unique quirk such as Miku being the shy one or Nino being the tsundere, they were all very rapidly evolved to have deeper and much more interesting personalities. For this aspect of the story, I just have to give really big props to the writing of Neji Haruba. I genuinely think it was fantastic. Now, one final point regarding chapter 114 with Futaro confessing to Yotsuba. It's no secret by this point that I was a Yotsuba fan since chapter 1, and was rooting for her the whole way. So seeing the victory made me really happy, 
but there was more to it. When we see Futaro confessing, we see all of the points in the story where Futaro was thinking about when realizing his love for Yotsuba. In none of these panels are we shown Lolikano Yotsuba. This displays that he didn't just love Yotsuba due to retained feelings from a childhood crush, which it is stated earlier in the story that he did have feelings for. No. Instead that we see that Futaro fell in love with the Yotsuba of today. He loved her in the past, and he loves her in the present. And I just thought this was really really sweet, and made me smile ear to ear when I read it. With all of this said, I think it's clear why this story is so popular, and why it resonated with myself and readers. Through its trope-breaking characters, to its exploration of deeper themes that people struggle with, the story is really fulfilling on multiple fronts. Overall, as this story comes to its close, it is definitely one of my favourites of the year, and I don't think Neji will let us down with the final chapters. I expect this to be a long-standing member among my top-rated manga, and I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. This brings us to a close here. If you have thoughts about the ending, or about this discussion, please let me know in the comments below. And if you know someone or some community that might appreciate listening to this discussion about Five Tobun, you are more than welcome to share this video or a link to this podcast, and I would very much appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube or listening via a podcast app, subscribe so that you can keep up with all future weekly slash fortnightly releases, and join my Discord. Links are in the description. Until next time, wherever you are, enjoy your days, enjoy your nights. I'm heading off. I thank you for watching, and I will hopefully see you all again soon. Bye.